Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. We're coming to an end of our study of the book of Habakkuk. We've looked at uh, this passage of Scripture for the last couple of weeks. And I want to begin by telling you a story about a fellow uh, that you probably have never heard of. His name was Alan Gardner. And that name would sound familiar if you happen to be an Anglican. Uh, he lived during the 19th century, and he was uh, a missionary to... He was the father of, of missions to uh, South Africa. And uh, so he was uh, someone that was uh, very uh, touched by the desire to reach people in South Africa. And God led him in uh, 1851 to take a ship and go with five other missionaries to try and reach uh, unpeople, uh, untouched people group off the coast of South Africa. And uh, they began their journey and they ran into some storms. And as a result, they were shipwrecked on an island off of the coast of uh, South Africa. <laughs> and... They were unable to uh, to leave the island. They were there uh, by themselves. There was no one else. It was uninhabited. And uh, the five, uh, the the six men, the six missionaries that were there, uh, began to succumb to the the fact that they had no food and no way of of being rescued. And and one by one, they began to die of starvation. Uh, and Alan Gardner was the last one to perish from uh, starvation. And each day he kept a journal and he began, he wrote in his journal different things about his experience and about his uh, uh, final days there on that island. One of the things that he wrote was. Psalm 34:10 and it says the lions may grow weak and hungry but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. That's uh Psalm 34:10. You might uh want to mark that in your Bible. It's a it's a tremendous verse. And the last thing that he wrote before dying were was this quote. He says, "I am overwhelmed by the sense of the goodness of God. He said, I'm overwhelmed at the sense of the goodness of God. And here's a man who spent his life preparing and, and going and serving God. And he's on his way to try and reach an untouched people group that, are, that need the gospel. And he, before he ever gets there, he's shipwrecked and, and he's dying. And, and you know, he, he never asked the question that, that we would have asked and that we talked about in our uh, last couple of weeks. He, he could have easily said, why, God, why did you put this burden in my heart and for me to just 
die here on this island. God, why did you burden my heart to reach these people without ever allowing me the opportunity to, to, to have the chance to witness to these people? God, why in the world did, did you allow me to go through all of this? And, you know, uh, we, we talked about uh, uh, debating God and, uh, or doubting God, and we talked about bargaining with God and, and, uh, and trying to come up with a solution last week. And today we're, we're going to talk about defending God. As we look at this third chapter, we come to a time in which the prophet Habakkuk receives an answer from God. He's been, remember, he's been debate, uh, asking God, why, God, are you allowing all of this to happen to your people? Why, God, are you allowing all of this to, to, to go on? And then, then he uh, began to, to debate with God. God, I, I understand that you're bringing about your desire, but you're using people that, that are so uh, abhorrent, so awful. Why are you even using these uh, Chaldeans? And why is it that all of this is happening? And, and uh, uh, today we come to a time in which uh, we see Habakkuk defending God because... God gives him an answer. Look with me in chapter 3, and he says a prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet upon uh, Shinanoth. And what this is, is this is a hymn. And what it's indicating is, is how it's to be sung. It's a lament. It's a, uh, a hymn uh, of such great proportion. There's so many different aspects to it. It says, O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known in wrath. Remember mercy. God came from Timon and the Holy One from Mount Paran. Selah. His glory covered the heavens and the, and the earth was full of His praise. And His, praise, uh, and his brightness was as the light and He had horns coming out of His hand and there was the, uh, the hiding uh, of His power. Before Him went the pestilence and the burning coals went forth uh, at His feet and He stood and measured the earth and He beheld and drove asunder the nations and the everlasting mountains were scattered. And the perpetual hills did bow, and the ways are everlasting. And I saw the tents of Cushan in affliction, and the curtains of the land of Midian did tremble. Was the Lord displeased against the rivers? Was thine anger against the rivers? Was thy wrath against the sea that thou didst ride upon thine horses and thy chariots of salvation? Thy bow was made quiet uh, na uh, quite naked according to the oaths of the tribes even thy word Selah. Thou didst cleave the earth with rivers, and the mountains saw thee, and they trembled, overflowing of the waters uh, passed by. The deep uttered his voice and lifted up his hands on high. The sun and the moon stood still in their habitation. At the light of thine arrows they went, and at the shining of the glittering spear thou didst march through the land in indignation. Thou didst uh, thresh the heathen in anger. Thou wentest forth for the salvation of thy people, even for salvation with thine anointed. And thou woundest the head of the house of the wicked by discovering the foundations unto the neck, Selah. 
and thou didst strike through the staves of the head of his uh, of his villages, and they came out as a whirlwind to scatter me. They're rejoicing as to devour the secret, uh, the poor secretly thou dost walk through the seas with thine horses through the heap of great waters when i heard thy belly tremble my limbs quivered at the at thy voice uh, rottenness entered into my bones and i trembled in myself that i might rest in the day of trouble when he cometh upon, uh, up unto the people he will invade them with his troops and all the fig tree uh, shall not blo- uh, blossom neither shall fruit be in the vines and the labor of the olive shall fail and the field shall yield no meat the flock shall be cut off from the fold and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord and I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength and He will make my feet like hind's feet and He will make me to walk upon mine hind places to the chief singers of the strings and instruments. So what we have is a hymn and it's kind of difficult for us in our everyday language today to really grasp the whole meaning of all of this. But here we have Habakkuk and he's lamenting with the people of God, why God are you allowing us to go through all of this? It kind of goes along with our our Sunday school lesson today, I hope you studied it and, and looked at it and listened to the lesson today. We talked about the will of God and how a lot of times we don't understand how God's will fits in to our life and why why is it, God, that you're allowing these things to happen? And and a lot of times we, we have questions because we simply can't understand how God works. And the beginning of this hymn is a is a lament about the fact that God, why are you making us wait for so long? Why for so long are we suffering and going through all of this? Why is it, God, that we're enduring all of these things that are happening? Why? And, and you know, I'm glad it begins with that because we tend to, to say that a lot about our, our own prayers. A lot of times we pray to God and, and we just don't think that God is listening or we might think that God's not going to answer our prayers because we pray and 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 it just seems as though God's not answering our prayer. And here the people of God are are lamenting. They're saying, God, why is it that all of this is happening? And we see God's answer come about the 13th verse and the 14th verse. We see that all of the world is, is, is grown quiet over the fact that God begins to move. And it's an amazing thing. Whenever God moves, all of creation is still and all of creation witnesses God's movement and, and, and all of creation is reverent about the fact that God is moving. And God's not moving in the traditional way in this hymn. He's, uh, he's moving in the way and the manner in which God moved when the children of Israel came out of, uh, out of uh, slavery in Egypt. God, it's as if God uh, begins to move from the mountain of God. And, and God begins to move in such a way that it's indescribable 
to all of, of creation and all of mankind. And a lot of times we, we tend to, to not uh, notice the movement of God, but here it's unmistakable. When God moves and when God begins to answer His uh, children, it's undeniable. And, and so many times in our lives, we, we get so wrapped up in our needs and our wants and our, our, our prayers that, that we tend to fail to see God move. Even as indescribable as He moves, we're waiting for God to answer our prayers in our way. And we talked about a little bit of this this morning. We we sit. It's amazing how all of the scripture's been going right along with what we've been talking about the will of God and the movement of God. But so often when we pray, we pray it expecting God to move in the way that I want. God, I need this job. God, I want this to happen in my life. God, I need that uh, car so that I can get to work. God, I need this to to happen in my life. God, answer my prayer in this way and so often God wants to move in our lives in such a way that we we can't deny the fact that it's God's movement in in our life God wants to move in a way in a way in our life so that that we can give God the glory and that it's undeniable that God is answering our prayer it's undeniable that God is moving and and the children of Israel are kind of in that situation they're so overwhelmed with the enemy they're so overwhelmed with with uh, being defeated by those who are coming from the outside that when God begins to move it's undeniable it is the hand of God it's no way in any way the, the army of Israel, it's no, in no way man doing anything in his own power. And so we see God uh, begin to move and He begins to enter into the life of, uh, of the people of Israel. And we, and we see this and we see that the reason that God is moving is that uh, He is coming to bring uh, judgment. He's coming to bring righteousness. For so long, Habakkuk has been wondering, God, why are you not uh, judging these people? But then when God does move and God does bring His judgment, it's undeniable. And He begins to, to bring about His punishment. He b- begins to bring about His judgment on those who are wicked, those who are... Uh, uh, those who are uh, 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 not doing the will of God. He says, you're wounding the house of the wicked and you're bringing down the foundation of their homes on their, on their neck. You're bringing all of this judgment. And when God moves, when God does uh, bring about uh, His movement in the life of His, His people, we need to understand that not only is it undeniable, but it is always in His righteousness. It is always in the way and His perfect will, His perfect desire is to bring about His righteousness in our lives. And the people of Israel uh, can't deny the fact that the wicked are being destroyed, that, that God is setting right in, through His judgment. 
And that what Habakkuk is, is sharing with the people of Israel is what we look forward to in the book of Revelation. As we've been studying the book of Revelation, we've seen that, that time and time again as God is bringing about His judgment, it is to establish His righteousness and to bring about a rightness of how man is to live. It's not simply for punishment's sake as we've been talking about in Revelation. And in here, it's, it's, it's evident that God is not bringing about His judgment simply to punish the wicked. It's to help the righteous to understand how they should live. It's to help us to understand God's desire for us is to live in this way and to, and to live in this manner and to live according to His desire. And we've been falling short. We've been coming in so far below what God's desire is for our life and he's showing us how we're to live he's showing us the right way in which we're to live he's showing us in in the things that that he's uh, bringing about his desire for us so that we'll repent away from those uh, things that we've been doing and the desire to follow you know so many times israel had people all around them that god left after they came into the promised land, that they were foreign people, they were people that that worshipped other gods, and they were people that that had these practices that were so contrary to God. And you, it makes you kind of wonder, well, why, God, why did you leave these people that would draw draw the these uh, the children of Israel into the worship of Baal? Why, God, why is it that you would allow these people all around Israel that would tempt them to to worship at Asherah poles and and to, to worship all these other gods? And it was because God desired that they would uh, look to Him, not to an earthly king, that they would look to God to keep faithful, to remain faithful, that they would uh, to seek out God and to seek to live in a righteous way to avoid all those things. It wasn't that God wanted these other people to come in and, and trip them up. It was that God wanted uh, them to, when they did come in and tempt them to worship other gods, that they would cling ever stronger to God. And so often the, the trials and the tribulations, the difficulties that we go through, that we sit there and we say, why God are you allowing this? It's so that we'll cling more to God, that we'll understand God is there to provide for us, that, that we'll understand that it's not in us that we're able to get through this situation. It's not in my own own power, my own ability that I'm able to endure this is because I'm relying upon God. And the more that I have uh, problems in my life, God wants us to, to cling ever more to Him and to desire ever more to trust in Him. And then at the end, he shares with us this, these beautiful verses here at the very end of chapter 3. He says uh, that uh, Habakkuk is saying, When I heard my belly tremble, my lips quivered at the voice, rottenness entered into my bones, and I trembled in, in myself that I might rest in the day of trouble when he cometh upon uh, up upon the people... 
and he will invade them with his troops. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. He says all of this, verse 18 and 19, he says, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength and He will make any feet like hind's feet and He will make me to walk upon mine high places. He says that God is coming to bring about righteousness but the result is that we might live in joy. He says, I will give joy to God. I will delight in the joy of God because He is my salvation. God brings all of this about so that our faith might be made complete. So that our faith might be Stronger in Him. Faith for a, 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 a believer in Christ is the ability to, to see things that, that aren't evident to others, to have a strong dependence upon God for the things of life. And the, and the joy that comes in all of this is that our faith might be strong, that we might grow stronger in in our faith. So often we, in the midst of our troubles, do cry out, Why, God? In the midst of our, our uh, difficulties, we, we bargain with God and we say, God, if you'll just simply allow me to get through this, I'll do anything you ask. Maybe you've said those very same words. God, if you'll just get me through this, I'll do whatever you want. I'll, do what, I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just get me through this. And in the end, though, we need to understand that God is doing this ultimately so that our faith might grow strong. Have you ever realized that the problems that you endure, the difficulties that you have, the issues and the situations that you're going through are not there to, to cause you discomfort or problems or difficulties? It's so that your faith might be full. Your faith might be complete in God. And so often, like we talked about in Sunday school this morning, uh, it's just amazing how that passage of Scripture in, in John just comes together with this. We're not... So often we do pray that we can have comfort. We, ha, we do pray that, that everything is going to be easy for us. But life is not meant to just simply be easy for us. And it's not that God doesn't love us and want our lives to be easy and happy and, and wonderful. He wants our lives to... God wants us to be strong in our faith. Why? Because there's greater challenges coming. Why does God want us to have a, a stronger faith? But so that we won't depend upon ourselves, but that we'll depend upon Him. 
And why is that? So that we might glorify Him. That we might give God the glory. We worship God. But so often you wouldn't understand or know it by the way in which we live. We're to worship God in everything and in our weakness. We're made strong. And in our weakness, our faith is made strong. And God's desire is not just simply to bring about righteousness in our life, but to help build our faith so that we might be able to be strong in our faith. And why does God do that? So that we can share our faith with others, so that we can help others to come to faith in Jesus Christ, so that we can then glorify God in all the things that we do and the things that little things that we do that are that become answers to their prayers. God wants to use you to answer others, other prayers, other people's prayers. But your faith needs to be strong. God uses those circumstances to do that very thing. And so today as we conclude our time of, of looking at this, uh, cha- this book of Habakkuk, we look at the lives of individuals that are going through so much more and will endure so much more than we'll ever understand. And it's so that, that God, God's righteousness might be made complete in their life and so that their faith might be stronger. God wants to do the same in your life. He wants you, you, most likely, none of us are going to experience a, a horde of individuals that are going to come over the, the next uh, hillside and bring death and destruction to everything that we know. But we might endure some things that, that none of them could ever uh, expect or anticipate in life either. But in through it all, God wants to make your faith strong in Him so that you might endure the next difficulty, the next hardship, the next struggle, so that you might rest in Him and that your faith may not fail. Let's pray. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, I pray that You'll bless us today as we seek to to understand and comprehend all that You have for us. Lord, help our faith to grow stronger in You. Help us to, to realize that You're doing all of this for our benefit and that all of our life is built around increasing our faith, dependence upon You and trust in You that we might give You the glory and honor and praise that You so richly deserve. Use us, Lord, in all of our life. And help us to to have that deep, abiding relationship with You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.